Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off our number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is our friend Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch, how are you this morning? Hey, Robbie, Andrew, I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for taking the time, as always. Sure. Happy to do it. So, Mitch, we've been talking about this uh, list that Saturday Tradition has put out of the top coaches in the Big Ten. Because, head coaches. Yeah, top, he- top head coaches in the Big Ten. Uh, because it's that time of year where you start making lists about things because there's nothing else to talk about. Uh, and uh, Ryan Day was number one on that list. I don't think there's much argument there. Um but the, the name at number two kind of surprised both of us with Lincoln Riley. Is that just off the just instant reaction? Does Lincoln Riley feel like the second best coach in the Big Ten next year? Well, you don't have Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. anymore. You don't have Kalen DeBoer um, on that list. I think I'd, you know, I'd put him in uh, under consideration. Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I think Dan Lanning is is somebody that I would I would look at too. But sometimes we fall into the trap of what have you done for me lately? And Lincoln Riley certainly has a longer track record and a deeper resume than Dan Lanning. Um, this past season, Lanning at Oregon uh, did a a better job than Lincoln Riley did at at USC, but. I, I don't think it's out of bounds. I don't think it's I, – I, I think it's okay based on all that we've seen from Lincoln Riley over his years at Oklahoma and, and at SC. Now, they they have some things to fix, and I think USC's got a uh, an adjustment that is not going to go entirely smooth coming into the Big Ten. But I, I, I like him as a coach, um, and, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant offensive mind. I think they'll they're good. they have the resources certainly to continue to work to get things fixed defensively. Uh, sh- shifted some things around, brought in some new people this year. So 
Um, I don't I don't think based on based on just a short sample of the of the last few months that I would I would push him down the list um, too far. And the fact that Harbaugh's gone and DeBoer's gone and, you know, I don't think James Franklin has earned that number two spot. Um, I, I think it's OK having Lincoln Riley there. Yeah. Mitch, another guy coming into the league from the Pac-12 that kind of gets forgotten about, right, between uh, between Washington and DeBoer leaving, between Dan Lanning, who's kind of the, the hot commodity, Lincoln Riley. You know, Chip Kelly's coming to the league as well. I guess, how do you think, how are you expecting his transition into the Big Ten to go? Well, there was some question coming out of the season about whether Chip Kelly was going to be at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my biggest question is how committed is he to the long-term success of, of that program? And if he's going to be there for five years, then I, I like what, um, what they can do in that time. I think being in the Big Ten and opening things up financially for UCLA – um, to where they're getting the the Big Ten money and they and they have more resources. You would think UCLA, it's a, you know, it's in Westwood, um, it's it's a it's a seemingly a rich school um, that spending and the resources that UCLA has from a football and athletic standpoint wouldn't be an issue, but they're not bringing in, haven't been bringing in anywhere close. I mean, we're talking like around almost half the number. Of, of what a school like Nebraska has brought in um, as a member of the Big Ten. So I, you, when you bump up UCLA's um, financial strength based on its membership in the Big Ten now moving forward, um, I, and, and it's more long-term moving forward, um, I, I, I like what they can become, but my biggest question there is Chip Kelly's longevity and does he – thirst to get back into the NFL. Mitch, let's talk about Coach Rule and where he sits on this list. And he comes in at number six out of all 18, which is, to me, at first it at first glance, it's pretty high for someone that went five and seven last season, higher than guys like Luke Fickle and PJ Fleck, both teams the Huskers lost to last season. But based on everything he's accomplished so far at the university and what you saw out of all Big Ten teams last season and then, you know, shifting around where they may fall on on certain lists, do you think six is too high or right on the nose for rule? I think if you're basing it on his career, it's it's appropriate, and and maybe he should be a spot or two higher. Even now, Luke Fickle has taken a team to the college football playoff. Um, both both of these coaches, they're an in- interesting comparison, but both of these coaches, Fickle and Rule at at, at Wisconsin and Nebraska, um, they they you know have the have the the resume to be able to rank high. And, um, you know, there was there was some level of of struggle in the in the first year for both to get them to the, the place that they wanted to be. Um, I, I, I don't know how they're coming to these conclusions, but I would I would guess it's more career oriented than just the the last the last season, like where you know where you see this coach at today based on what he did in the last one year no I, I think it's more for rule about the job that he did at Baylor the job that he did at Temple and 
in that respect, yeah, this is his third program, and it's the third one that he's either turned around or has appeared to get pointed in the right direction. And that's what's going on at Nebraska right now. There's been significant change at Nebraska on the, the roster, on the the the, um, the culture in the program. I, I think just on the feeling around Nebraska football and, and the direction that the Huskers appear to be pointed. Um, it's been it's been the change has been oh i would say just short of monumental in the last 14 or 15 months now we can look back to 2018 2019 and there were the same kind of vibes going into year two for scott frost remember his team was picked to win the big 10 west by many um going into 2019 so it's not like a lockdown thing that just because rule appears at this point at this stage in his in his program building to have got it pointed in the right way that it's all going to continue that way and, and you know it's just you know 10 wins are around the corner um that that's that's to be determined but i i i think his ranking is is appropriate um and, and i probably would have him under consideration to be ranked even higher if i sat down and looked at all 18 of the coaches mitch do you think Maybe national influence for Nebraska and, and the way and, and where they, they put Coach Rule on, on lists like this may be there because of the addition of Dylan Rayola and how often Nebraska's kind of been talked about uh, over the last month or two, um, knowing that they secured the number one quarterback recruit in the country? Well, again, I don't know the criteria, but... Um, Got to help, yeah. though, right? Right. It, it certainly, yeah, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to, to sign. And that's part of the reason that Nebraska appears to be pointed in, in, a, in a good direction. If Nebraska had stood pat with its quarterback spot after the 23 season and we were going into the spring with, this, with, with what Nebraska had last year, you know, probably take Jeff Sims out of it. I don't think there was really any path for him to come back. Um, but if you just had uh, Chubba Purdy and, and Heinrich Harburg, I don't think there would be as much buzz around Nebraska football, and that probably would impact his spot because it's a, it's a human decision. Um, so, I, but but again, like, are you taking fifty percent of this ranking um, and, and and putting in, in, and basing that on where the teams that where the team the team like the twenty twenty four team looks right now, and then the other fifty percent is the work that a coach has done over his career? I don't I don't know. Maybe it's not weighted that way. Um, but if it is, or if there's much weight at all placed on what's happening in the moment, then the the success that Nebraska's had in reshaping its roster just in the last two months, I, I think does factor positively for the Huskers in something like this. And, and you know, you know, I get there's a bigger discussion here. It's not necessarily about like ranking the coaches. It's about where is Nebraska in the hierarchy of the Big Ten, just from a larger discussion. Forget the fact that there's a ranking out there. It's just uh, how how, are, how is Nebraska going to fare as the league expands and and moves into this into deeper waters in 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 college football and and being prominent, being discussed, talked about in the national conversation? I think it is um, something that helps Nebraska Nebraska's standing. It is something that matters to um, to observers around the sport, to fans, to to recruits, to players. Um, in the program, players outside of the program, you know, who, who might be in the portal someday. Um, it, it all plays into it, and, and they're trending well in that way. 
We're talking with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Uh, changing gears here on you a little bit, Mitch. Um, Nebraska released a updated roster this week, and obviously there were some names uh, left off that were sort of notable, no, like, earth-shaking ones. But as Nebraska moves towards getting to the number they need to, how does that look in your mind? Because they still have a lot of work to do numbers-wise to get to that to the, was it, 115 that they need to be at? And I think they're still at 149. Just in your mind, how does that process start to work here as we go through spring and into the summer? Right. Um, well, it's it's um, you know it's open for discussion where Nebraska needs to get to. 115 is the number that you can invite to preseason camp. But there's always players who are left off that list and then join the team when when school begins later in August. Now, Nebraska has has set a goal, um, you know, short term and long term, to get to have its roster at a manageable spot. And for Matt Rule, that probably looks like about 120 players. That's not to say that there's a hard and fast, um, there's a hard and fast situation where on August 1st this year they've got to be at 120 players. I, I, I would suspect, and we'll see, you know, when the when the next semester starts and we get a, we get another updated roster, and generally that's about when these things come out. It's at once every six months. Um, we'll see then, I guess it's more than six months in, in, in August cause you have the summer built in there, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, eight months, um, how close they can get to 120. I think it'll be a, a bit above that. There is work to be done. Um, I think some of that will take care of itself in the spring and, um, and they're not going to run players off. You know, they're not going to tell players you have to go, but I think there's a competitive environment that exists. And it's going on right now in the weight room. Um, it's going as as and on the mat when these guys get in do do the mat drills, you know, which is not a, a literal mat, but it's uh, you know the turf at at the Hawks Championship Center or the, in in the stadium on a day like t- today when they can enjoy the sun and go outside in in February. But um, yeah, there's competition in all of that stuff, and it's not just competition to you know win the team oriented drill or to um, inner spring as the number one or the number two player at your position. It's competition in a lot of cases to be a part of this program um, because they're, they're heading as an athletic department, they're heading to a place where they have to be um, more in line uh, numerically just for title nine purposes. Um, and, and part of the way to get there is to make that football roster uh, about 120 deep and whether it's this year or next year where they hit that mark, uh, we'll see. But um, it's uh, it's about competing, and it happens every day in the program. Mitch, a little bit this morning and uh, a lot last week, we talked about ownership uh, and that quality with Coach Rule, someone not afraid to line up on the front lines and someone who knows exactly who he is. And then over the weekend – uh, you continue to hear, uh, you know, how honest and upfront he is on his recruiting visits, not only winning over the recruit, but also the family of that recruit. Finding impactful stories is a strength of yours. So I'm curious if there's a story that sticks with you showcasing rules impact on a recruit after visiting for the first time. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think they all have their own stories. You know, I, there's not one in the. I, yeah, I had to give it some thought. I, I think in in the 23 class, his first class. Um, you know, we've had more time to let that one sink in. In the 24s, you know, you're still learning about all of these guys. Um, and in, so, okay, uh, in, in 23, um, I think it's it's he had a, he had an impact on. Let's go with some of the players locally here who were who were added to the class after Matt Rule took over Nebraska football in late November of. 2022 and and there were some guys who Jalen Lloyd um great example somebody who made a difference in the Nebraska program as a true freshman was not had not been offered a scholarship when Matt Rule took over 15 months ago and um you know they they went after him um right away Evan Cooper identified Lloyd as an athlete that they wanted to have in the program Rule got involved started talking to the family um, and it was a quick process where, you know, and I think this carries o- this this carries over to the 24 class, the 25 class. Um, he's easy to get to know. Um, he was for that family. Um, they felt comfortable with him from from the beginning. Um, he's a trusting figure in the recruiting process. You saw it again. I'll stay with a local story, but in in the 24 class with Daniel Kalen, you know, when there was the potential, not just once, but at least twice. For, for it to be, um, for, and it was difficult. It was difficult for Daniel Kalen um, when Nebraska was heavily involved with Dylan Rayola after he decommitted from Ohio State more than a year ago. At this time last year, um, you know, Kalen, while his heart um, resided in Nebraska, you know, he had to do what was best for him and look at other options, ended up committing to Missouri. And Matt Rule played it masterfully. Matt Rule and, and his coaching staff played it masterfully to keep themselves in the good graces of him um, as a player so that if something happened down the road, they could come back to him. And they did later in the spring when Dylan committed to Georgia. And then again, another situation came up, of course, as we all know, in December. And Kalen again had the opportunity to look around, you know, turn down the chance to take a visit to Michigan State at the at the last minute and ends up signing with Nebraska and giving Nebraska two quarterbacks in this freshman class. And as you look at it now, it's much needed. It's neat. There's only three on scholarship in the program. So you need everybody that you got. And I don't think that happens with, with Kalen, um, if not for the kind of relationship building that Matt rule prioritizes, not just in recruiting when, when you, you know, when you're, when you're trying to seek a commitment, but in recruiting all through the process, you know, there was a time with Kalen where they were not looking for him to commit and they still had to maintain a relationship with him that, um, you know, eventually led him to be in Lincoln. We're talking with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Uh, Mitch, something we haven't talked a ton about, um, certainly with you, but really even on, on our program in general, is um, there, the fact that there was some shakeup in support staff uh, recently at, uh, in the Nebraska football offices. Uh, so I guess a couple questions for you here. Uh, what, if anything, do you know about kind of why those changes took place? And kind of more broadly, how much in your mind does some of those support staff positions actually impact what we end up seeing on Saturdays. Yeah, I mean, he has a large staff. It's it's like 60 full-time people. Uh, it's quite a bit bigger than what Frost had um, at Nebraska in his years, and his staff was um, was big by standards uh, that preceded him. 
So what you're going to see when you have um, that that large number of people working for you as a coach is there's going to be turnover. There's going to be some churn. Um, you know, Rule is an advocate for the guys who work for him and not just the full-time coaches, but for um, the, the, the people on his support staff. He wants them to advance in their careers, whether that's to advance into another role at Nebraska, a promotion, or to go have a chance to coach um, or, or be an administrator at another program. Um, you know, he's going to he's he's going to be in the corner of those guys. And, you know, not every situation is the same. Um, you know, you can't look at like um, Omar Hales, who who left um, from the recruiting department um, and, you know, CJ Cavazos, you know, there were Mike Wallace. There were there were several. Gordon Thomas was in operations. Um, all of these guys left and there's not like one overriding, you know, um, reason. Um, but I think all of it is that, um, you know, rule fights for his guys to be able to have a chance to advance in their careers. And um, that that um, is connected, I would say, to to just about all of the situations where you saw people leave. And you'll see this, I think, every offseason with Matt Rule. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't lose any assistant coaches this year. Um, he did reassign Josh Martin um, back into the role of being an analyst. And Martin, you know, as of now, is sticking with the program. So that says something also about um, the the you know, the, the way that rule leads. Um, so you ask about the impact that some of those administrative positions have on the program. I, I think um, some of those people are important in recruiting, um, in helping Nebraska develop relationships. Um, there's things that non-coaches, people in non-coaching roles can do to help communicate with recruits um, early, um, especially early in the process, but even all through the process to just keep Nebraska on the, on the radar. And they were, you know, Hales had a personality that appealed to recruits for sure. But, um, you know, on the, on the, the current side of this, you know, where Nebraska is moving to some of the people who've moved on have given others opportunities that where, where I think it can be, it can be beneficial to the program. We've seen Phil Simpson, um, and Keith Williams advance in their roles with with the Huskers um, and even get a chance to get out on the road and recruit as they were going through some change and some, um, you know, some different roles with the uh, with the full time staff. So those guys having expanded roles is nothing but good for Nebraska. And part of what helps create that is to have others seek opportunities outside the program. And that's that's what we've seen happen here over the last six weeks. Mitch, you wrote a nice piece uh, on The Athletic when you went through a Nebraska football checklist, uh, questions for Coach Rule heading into the spring of, of 2024. And one part of that stood out to me, and, and I'd love for you to expand on it, because last year at the spring game, Dylan Rayola drew a ton of interest, bringing fours and fives there too, but Nebraska struck out on those on those elite prospects. But now that he's actually a part of the team, do you think the staff is in a better position to hit a few of those home runs at this year's spring game? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to go out and sign three more five stars or, uh, you know, a bunch of top 100 players. We'll see. It's it's you know, it's not early in the 25 process necessarily because some of these guys, they've been on for a year um, or even longer. But um, as far as like putting the class together and, and, and getting the pieces in order, it, it's it's um, you know, they're they, they've got a ways to go. Um, so it, it, well, I think they're more positioned just because of the development in the program than they were a year ago to be able to land commitments. 
from some of the players that they brought in. And what they were banking on last year was for it to just be kind of a snowball effect. You know, obviously they wanted Dylan Rayola to commit um, in the spring last year. You know, they weren't putting pressure on him and saying, you got to do this or you're out. That's not what happened. But the quicker you can get a quarterback as a centerpiece in your in your class, and that applies to the 25 class too, the easier it is to get others to jump on board. So you've got the guy in the 24 class, and he can help Nebraska for sure with the players who were one year younger. Um, he'll be a factor. He's already been a factor, I think, in helping Nebraska in the transfer portal, and we saw that um, in December. But, yeah, in, in, um, as players come in this spring for, uh, for, for unofficial visits during spring practice when we get toward the end of March and into April and then in June when the official visit season gets going, I do think it'll be a different approach. Um, Nebraska had to kind of shift gears a year ago and go from, like, shooting for those, those big prospects in the spring to really making it more of like a grassroots, um, a grassroots um, uh, mission in in June, where they went to, they went to camps, both uh, satellite camps on the road in Texas, and uh, to to you know hosted their camps in Lincoln, and that, that's where they that's where they gain momentum. I, I think it'll be a little bit different this year. I think it'll be more more like multi pronged, where mm. you do you can develop momentum from the spring visitors who come in to, to see your, to your team practice. And, and they're going to see a different product on the field practicing for Nebraska in the spring of 24 than recruits saw in the spring of 23. In the spring of 23, Matt Rule's program, um, Matt Rule's team had not played a game yet. And now they've got 12 under their belt. They have leaders who are coming back who understand what it's like to play in this, in this organization to be a part of this team. Um, those players, I think maybe even more so, than a guy like Dylan Rayola, who's still just getting his feet wet, are going to be able to impact um, prospects who come in because they can tell those kids and their families what it's like to play for Matt Rule. Yeah, Rayola is a factor because he's, um, you know, whether they want him to be or not, he's he's a one of the faces of the program um, just because of who he is. So he'll be a factor in recruiting all throughout. But I think also um, it's important not to overlook the the um, advantage they have over a year ago with having older. Uh, veterans in the program who've been through a full season with with Matt Rule and the staff. It's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch, we appreciate your time as always. We'll catch up again soon. Okay, good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Mitch. That's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. More Hurt at Sports Radio coming up next.